This is the Talk of the Town. From Morgantown to Clarksburg, if it's happening, we're talking about it. Call the show toll-free at 1-800-765-8255. Now, here is your host for the Talk of the Town, Dave Wilson. Good morning. Welcome into the program, Talk of the Town. Hope your day is off to a great start. Get the shorts out. 85 today. Going to be nice. Going to be warm. Enjoy it because it'll be in the 50s tomorrow. 800-765-TALKS. The phone number 304-TALK. 304 is the text line. Panhandling in the Super 8. It's coming. Yep, that's what we're going to talk about this morning here on the program. Uh, It must be a special week because Tom Bloom's going to join me again today. He was with us Monday, but last night Tom was in front of Morgantown City Council and was proposing a collaboration between the county, the city, and even involving WVU to develop a countywide consistent panhandling ordinance is the description I would use. Now, the county has a panhandling ordinance. In fact, when I first came to WAJR over a decade ago as a reporter and um, anchor, it was one of the first things I covered was the county commission, and then it was Asel Kennedy and Bob Bell and, and Bill Bartolo. And one of the first things I covered was their development of a panhandling ordinance that would prohibit panhandling in certain areas and certain places, and you would need to get a permit to panhandle. And by panhandle, you know what I mean, stand there with a sign, um, solicit people for money, whatever the case may be. You couldn't block roads. You couldn't block intersections. You'd have to get a permit. You could be fined. That was 13 years ago, almost 13 years ago. I believe it was in September when that uh, when that ordinance was enacted. The city has a panhandling ordinance. Now, it talks about aggressive solicitation and defines what an aggressive manner is. But it, too, also, if you violate the ordinance, you could be fined. But last night, Montague County Commission President Tom Bloom was in front of Morgantown City Council and said, look, let's work together. Let's bring everybody together here and have a comprehensive ordinance that is consistent through the county and through the city limits as well. Bloom saying there are people who need help and who want to help. They're asking for help so they can walk around downtown, so they can use the rails or trails and be able to enjoy the amenities that the city and the county offer without worrying about whether they have to be confronted by individuals on a daily basis requesting money. That's Tom talking about the complaints he receives from people who try to use the rail trail or walk downtown or when you're stopped at a stoplight. Now, Tom also uh, was giving some examples of the county's ordinance and specific prohibitions therein. Example, it is unlawful to solicit panhandle or in or along a roadway. It even states that a person must obtain a permit from the sheriff's office with other restrictions. He says we need to be proactive and work in unison. We need to be proactive and we need to make sure that we enforce our laws on a consistent basis. That's city, county, and WVU. He said uh, folks here in town are compassionate. 
my words, not his, and are willing to help, but they can also be taken advantage of. We have a great reputation for caring for those in need. We have exceptional nonprofits to provide these services and the programs to help individuals improve their lifestyle. But what good is offering help and funding if they choose not to use our free service? That's Tom Bloom during last night's city council meeting speaking to the council. Um, He's proposing a collaboration, working together, and uh, once they get an ordinance developed, uh, hopefully bringing in the other municipalities as well. So you have some consistency across the board. We're going to talk to Tom coming up just a couple of minutes from now because, well, I want to, I got some questions for him. And this all sounds good. And I'm going to ask him, are we, is this just more lip service to the problem? Because what it really comes down to is enforcement. And there's even a problem with enforcement. We'll talk to Tom Bloom coming up a couple of minutes from now. Bottom of the hour, the uh, WVSSAC Board of Control meeting yesterday and the Board of Control approving an expansion of the four-class system for high school athletics. Uh, We've had it in basketball for several years now where you have 4A, quad A, triple A, double A, single A. You get the point. And the schools are classified using a, a competitive balance formula that takes into account student enrollment, uh, location, economic status as well. But it looks like that's expanding the Board of Control, voting overwhelmingly in favor of that. And it goes on to the State Board of Education. We'll get some more detail bottom of the hour with Metro News Sports and hardest-working man in sports media, Joe Bracado. All right, other news this morning. An Arcan vending machine now available at Hazel's House of Hope. The fifth annual Focus Forward Symposium is underway, just getting underway this morning, down at the uh, Marriott at the Waterfront Place here in Morgantown. Hard to believe that UBB was 13 years ago today, but... Today, marking the 13th anniversary of the explosion at Upper Big Branch that killed 29 miners. There'll be a wreath-laying ceremony uh, later today. High school baseball, Morgantown routes Parkersburg South 14-1. Um, University lost to Stonebridge, Virginia 6-3. Noah Braham had a couple of hits and an RBI for the Hawks. Clay Battelle over Magnolia 3-2. Pirates beat the Red Sox 4-1. Mountaineer baseball on the road tonight for a non-conference battle with Marshall. First pitch is set for 6 o'clock tonight from Charleston. Those are your headlines. Much more detail over at the website, wvmetronews.com. A county-wide, comprehensive, and consistent panhandling ordinance. All right, you have my attention. We'll talk to Tom Bloom. He's the one who proposed the idea to Morgantown City Council last night. We'll talk to him coming up next, Joe Bricado, bottom of the hour. Your thoughts welcome at 304-TALK-304, or you can call 800-765-TALK, 800-765-8255. up and running, Ethan Evan, back on the phones today. Appreciate it, Ethan. Back in a moment. We're talking about your town. Now back to the talk of the town. Last night, Montague County Commission President Tom Bloom spoke in front of Morgantown City Council. 
proposing a meeting with representatives from the city along with WVU to develop an ordinance regulating uh, to regulate soliciting and panhandling that is uniform for the governmental bodies. Joining us again this week is uh, Montague County Commission President Tom Blue. Must be a special week or or maybe it's a slow news week, Tom. I don't know which. I'll I tell you, well, you saw my agenda and like this afternoon. Well, you're I'm going busy. To, to meet with Senator Manchin to represent Mon County. And we just had uh, an individual, I just want you, the public to know that, and he's coming to our meeting, Rhett Dusenbury, who's the district representative for the Honorable Alex Mooney, and they found Montague County, and I'm very excited about it. Well, Tom, if you want to go ahead and break the news right now, you can. It, it, Joe Manchin <laughs> vetting you as a running mate for a presidential run, right? That's that's what the meeting is? Yes, that, yeah, that's sure. exactly right. Uh, and my wife told me that I can find another place to live. There you go, Tom. <laughs> All right, Tom, what's what's the idea here? What is the idea behind uh, your speech to council last night yeah. and a uniform panhandling ordinance? Well, basically, the county commissioners are trying to think out of the box. And, and actually, the word is proactive. Everyone has run into this problem, and it's really an enormous growing problem now. And it's the soliciting panhandling everywhere, on the streets. As soon as you get out of a car on a high street, you walk out down by Walmart, you come out, and there are people there stopping the cars. And we have to do something about it. So my request through the county commissioners is to sit down with WVU, who has already agreed to it, the city of Morgantown right now, and uniform our different ordinances. Now, for example, the city of Morgantown will always tell you their their code is about aggressive solicitation the counties is a little more specific and i heard you i appreciate you putting that on the radio it is unlawful to solicit panhandle or in or along a roadway and it even states that the person has obtained a permit but here's the the key that i wanted to get across to the community and to the cities neither ordinance or policy is effective unless we enforce the laws that we have established. And that is the key. But at the same time, for those individuals who are going to say, oh, well, you're not compassionate, you're horrible, Mr. Bloom, you're, you're taking it out on these unfortunate people, I want to respond this way. This area is known for, for providing compassion to those people. We give hot meals, accommodations, harm reductions, nonprofit programs, medical services, and mental health services. But what good is offering this help if we enable them not to choose our free service? And by allowing them everywhere to panhandle and give a reputation, well, come to Mon County or come to the county or go to the city or go to another city, we're going to continually do it. And I want to end, and then you can ask some questions. I just received this from an individual who said, I was one of the people who stopped my car and offered a job to an individual. He did show up a couple times, but he had a major alcohol problem. Long story short, he wrote, he said, I don't even know why I'm even working here because I make three times as much money standing at the intersections. And he was making $18 an hour from this man. So that is the problem. If we give that alternative, then we can't have them to help themselves. And our community wants to help these individuals, but... I mean, I say to some people when they come up to me, I say, I work too hard to give my money for free. And I'm asking all the citizens, please do not give money. Give food. Give candy. I don't care. Give a pack of gum. 
give, uh, you know, chips. I don't care. Don't give money because the majority, we're not helping ourselves. You are helping the people by paying for these programs. Let's let these programs work. Mon County Commission President Tom Bloom joining us. Tom, 13 years ago, one of the very first things I covered when I started here at uh, WAJR as a reporter was the county commission and the panhandling ordinance. At the time, it was Asel mm-hmm. and, and Bob Bell, Asel Kennedy, Bob Bell, Bill Bartolo, and they said the exact, not exactly yeah. the same thing, but the problem was exactly the same 13 years ago. This is a growing problem. People are being harassed. People uh, don't want to go downtown. They don't want to be bothered when they're at intersections. Here we are 13 years later. What's what's the difference in this conversation you want to have with with the city and WVU than the conversation that took place 13 years ago? Well, I think what has happened is uh, it's it's really increased. There are more. They're clearly more aggressive. Whether you want to call aggressive, they're everywhere asking for funds. And I believe we are going to take a stand that if we're going to work together and everyone has the same policy, we need to enforce it. And that's what's been missing. And I can't blame the police because, you know, they're down numbers and it may not be seen as a major priority. But it is a priority because that's what causes the future problems with, you know, the people just hanging out downtown, hanging out at uh, the Ramada Inn and not getting any help. And I will go this far. We're, I'm trying to think out of the box to the point where I know the state and the feds offer, like, grant programs for uh, seatbelt or what are they trying to do? They, they don't want people on the phones while driving. Maybe we not, might want to consider a fund for the police here for overtime to help those individuals. Police go around during a short period of time and make sure and enforce the law. Because if we set an example that, hey, Mon County is now known that we're not going to put up with it, then maybe they will either get help or go somewhere else. Well, and, and I'm sorry. Well, here's the catch-22, and, and, and I totally agree. you got to enforce it. My question is, how do you enforce it? If, if I'm a panhandler, whether I'm, you know, whether by trade, and there are some who are certainly panhandlers by trade, or I am a, a homeless individual, I'm not going to go get a permit, and you can ticket me all day long. I don't have the money, or I'm not going to pay the fine. How do you enforce it? Well, maybe we come up with other alternatives besides just ticketing, and that's what I'll say. I won't make it public, but we will need to really get a handle on this to make it so it's uncomfortable that they have to keep going there, and we, we do something because it's, it's got to be resolved. I didn't realize in our ordinance that you're only allowed to panhandle and request a permit twice a year. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that's for, like, volunteer fire departments and others. But I believe we as a group, WVU has an enormous problem with uh, solicitation, you know, with tickets. What they do is pick them up and move them off campus. <laughs> so we need to see what is working and try and get the individuals the help that they need, but don't allow us to enable them to continually do this. And, and it's very frustrating. I mean, the concern is, and as I said, we had three ladies who called me last week. As soon as they got out of the car, they were immediately confronted. They were threatened. They were concerned. And we can't have that in our community. And we need to start somewhere. And I believe this is the first place to start. If we can get this, then I'm going to Westover, Star City, and Granville, 
and then I, you know, I believe they are more along the county lines, and then we work together. Then we have this. Then we go on the next issue that we need to deal with. But I believe this is being proactive and trying to help the individuals, but at the same time, we can go only so far, and our community has to take a stand. Well, I, I, I think we're probably on the same page here because oh, yeah. the, the town and, and the community is very compassionate, and I think mm-hmm. that's demonstrated in the nonprofits that are available here and the grassroots organizations that uh, are here who offer services who will who will help with no questions asked, and I, and that is a testament to the compassion. But to your point, and I've said this a couple of times, uh, I agree. Enforcement has to be part of the solution. I'm my concern is I, how do you enforce it? And then there's also, and we probably don't even have time to get into this. And you brought it up, right. Morgantown City Police. They're down on officers. I know the county's stretched pretty thin. That's a, that's a lot of territory to cover. So how much priority are you going to give an individual who's standing on the street corner panhandling when you've got? X, Y, and Z you've got to deal with as well throughout the day. It, it, not to be Debbie Downer here, Tom, but it's just the realities of the situation. No, no, I, and I don't disagree with you. But if you go to other places and other cities and communities, they have it resolved. we got to figure out what they are doing that we are not doing, and then we work mm-hmm. on it together. And the bottom line is, is this individual who tried to help this homeless person panhandle we got to take away that other option, and that's what we have to look at. And, again, I wish I had the answers because I would immediately do it, but I think that's what we want to try and get everyone together and start addressing this problem because this then leads to other problems. Yeah, well, you're exactly right. It leads to the problems where we talk about, uh, well, the, you've got the drug problem. That draws right. it, and that draws in criminal activity for individuals who are trying to take advantage of of the uh, you know homeless individuals here in town, drug addicts, they're going to come in and take advantage of that. That creates another whole set of problems, which creates a whole other set of problems, and you have this this cascading effect. So you, you got to start somewhere. I right. hope you can get this meeting together, Tom, and at least take the first step. And that's what I'm that's what I'm asking. You're right. We are hoping that you know we have to start somewhere rather than sit back and do nothing. And I think this is the first step. We'll see what happens. I hope it works. I don't know. I hope we have input. If people are listening and they have ideas, send it to the city or to me, and we will try and work on this together. But the bottom line is doing nothing now has made this problem insurmountable. That we ha- It's gotten to a point where we have to address it. Montague County Commission President Tom Bloom. Tom, I know you're busy today. Appreciate a few minutes here on the show, and uh, hey, thank best you. of luck with all the meetings. I look forward to hearing what people have to say. Right. You have a great day. You as well. Mon County Commission President Tom Bloom. We'll get your thoughts coming up at 304-TALK-304-800-765-8255. That is the phone number, 800-765-TALK. Enforcement, you've heard me say it 100 times, maybe not 100, probably close, has to be part of the issue. But it's also a, it's a catch-22. It's also a catch-22. We'll talk more about that coming up. Joe Bracato going to join me on the other side of the break. Hardest working man in sports media as the WVSSAC's Board of Control votes to make what I would consider a major change to the high school sports landscape. We'll talk about that. Joe will have the details coming up on the other side of the news. Right now, it is 930. That means it's time for a news update. Let's check in with the Metro News Radio Network. 
Find out what's happening all across the great state of West Virginia. Join the conversation at 1-800-765-8255. This is the Talk of the Town. The West Virginia Secondary Schools Activities Commission's Board of Control meeting yesterday and approved a proposal to add a fourth classification to, well, several sports. Remember back in 2019, they did it for boys and girls basketball. It's been four classes in basketball ever since, and that's would expand under the uh, proposal that was uh, approved by the Board of Control yesterday. Let's bring in the hardest working man in sports media, Metro News Sports' Joe Bracado. Joe, good morning. Good morning, Dave. Um, if you can, give me, the, give me the Cliff Notes version. What did the Board of Control actually approve yesterday? So the Board of Control, which is, uh, comprised of member schools from all over the state. So every school basically has a, a vote in the process. And there were a number of proposals that were brought forth, but generally speaking, the what passed through that body and still has to go through the State Board of Education before it's actually implemented is the introduction of a fourth class for a number of other sports, not just basketball. Um, now, exactly what sports would be eligible for a fourth class, that does depend on how many uh, schools are currently playing that sport, and Greg Carey details it all in the story. But basically, you're looking at the potential for adding a fourth class in football, baseball, softball, volleyball, and cheer based on the number of schools that currently play those sports. Now, again, this all has to go through the State Board of Education. I believe they meet in June. Uh, and nothing would be implemented until the 2024-2025 academic year. So no changes for the rest of this year, no changes for the next academic year. It would be the year after that that these would go into place. Talking to Metro News Sports' Joe Bracado. Joe, there was a similar proposal last year, but it was resoundingly rejected. So what what transpired in the last 365 days that changed so many minds? Uh, it's tough to tell. I think, uh, this was, things were trending in this direction. I was a little bit surprised to see the very lopsided, uh, total 117 to 12. Um, but I I think you realize that things were trending in this direction and, uh, you do have some data points now with the state basketball tournament and the fact that you get a lot of, and the fact that they've had a fourth class system in place for four for three years now. And, um, you know, everybody's kind of seen it in place, and you assume that uh, a lot of the schools that may have been on the fence or voting against it have seen basketball in place and, um, you know, like the concept of having a little bit of fresh blood at state tournaments. Yeah, Joe, and I know you've probably had similar conversations to the ones that I have had uh, down at the state tournament. As far as coaches, principals and schools go their review of the four class system has been uh, i would say overwhelmingly positive uh, you experienced or heard the same thing yeah for the most part i mean it, you know <laughs> the the the, the counter argument being yes we saw some very very lopsided uh results in the quarterfinal rounds of the state basketball tournament but we've seen that 
you know, with, with a three-class system as well. So that's not necessarily, uh, you know, a result of adding a fourth class. Um, but this does give added opportunities for teams to play at the state tournament. Now, the implementation of how each sport will react to the fourth class, and by that I mean, okay, you currently have 48 teams that make the playoffs in high school football. Do you go all the way up to 64? Because as we've seen with the one versus 16, two versus 15 games, you've got some very, very lopsided results. You could have the possibility of a team that's three and seven making the playoffs uh, in a particular class. So I don't know that we will see 16 teams in each class make the playoffs. Maybe that may be changed to 12 and you give, uh, you know, say the top four seeds in each class to buy through the first round. Those are things that are going to have to be talked by the SSAC uh, as they implement those rules for each individual sport. Let me, we're talking to Joe Bercato, Metro News Sports. And Joe, I don't know the answer to this. I don't know if you do. Uh, I don't know if you have the SSAC bylaws memorized. Uh, to make a change like that, would that take Board of Control approval or would that be the SSAC writing the rule to implement this particular rule? I think the coaches committee would be the first step in that uh, for each sport. They would probably make the recommendation. And then, yes, I think it would have to go through. Obviously, the SSAC board of directors and the state board of education may have a say in in that. Um, I would imagine that probably ends up in front of them at some point. Um, But you have plenty of time for those discussions, obviously, since this isn't going to be implemented until the fall of 2024. The other piece to this, and we've seen it in basketball, uh, traditionally under the three-class system, it's just uh, schools are classified based on student enrollment. Under the four-class system, there's uh, what they term a competitive balance formula that takes into account um, student enrollment, uh, location, and uh, there's an economic equation that goes into all of that. Joe, at the end of the day, I think what you end up with, and I don't know if that's the goal or not, is you end up with big urban schools, and I use the term urban very loosely in West Virginia, big urban schools, big rural schools, small urban schools, small rural schools in the four classification system. That's my observation. I don't know that that's the goal, but I think that's kind of what you end up with. You do raise an important point that the competitive balance formula that was installed initially just for basketball is now going to be used for all sports across the state. And the next round, regularly scheduled round of realignment is scheduled to go into effect for the 2024-2025 season. So they're on schedule with when they were going to redraw the uh, classes for all sports regardless. Now, that competitive balance formula could be tweaked a little bit along the way. Um, you know, but for the most part, the biggest part of that equation is enrollment. So you're not going to mm-hmm. see uh, you know, a small rural Class A school all of a sudden jump up to Class Quad A and everything. I mean, enrollment still is the biggest factor in that formula, but there are some other elements into the equation. Uh, you know, economic factors, as you mentioned, the academic components, uh, proximity to a county seat now again some of those things that are in that formula could be tweaked going forward but that that formula is going to be in place for sports going forward Metro News sports joe bricado hey joe before i let you go i just came across this on the website uh, this morning what's going on in martinsburg Britt sherman stepping down joe 
On Monday, oh, the there you are. Berkeley, Sorry, Joe. Go ahead. On Monday, the Berkeley County Board of Education officially accepted his resignation. It's unclear if Sherman may remain on staff in a different role or may reapply for his position. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Uh, we will follow that story as well. Joe Bercato, hardest working man in sports media. Uh, thank you very much, Joe. Always appreciate it. Joe just hung up on me there. I think he liked the Martinsburg question very much. Well, I just saw it on the website. Did I offend Joe Bercato? Ethan, did I offend Joe Bercato? I'm afraid I offended him. I'll have to send him some cookies. 304 Talk, 304 is the text line. 800-765-8255 is the phone number. 942, back in a moment. Now back to the talk of the town. 304 Talk, 304 is the text line. 800-765-8255. Many of you wanting, wanting to... Uh, weigh in on the panhandling conversation we had with Tom Bloom a little bit earlier. We'll get to your texts. We'll go to the phones first. Bob, what's on your mind, buddy? Dave, uh, I, I really admire Commissioner Bloom uh, for his efforts, but uh, a couple of uh, a couple of roadblocks he's going to find her in his way. Uh, first one's going to be the ACLU. I mean, you may have remembered last week that uh, Delegate Walker's now been made uh, state chairman of that. Uh, you go out there and tell somebody they can't do something and see how fast the ACLU shows up. And then, of course, if it's in the city limits of Morgantown, let's remember our council's recent effort in uh, establishing this police review board. So think, just think, Dave, you're a Morgantown city policeman, and you go down in Riverfront Park and tell a guy he can't panhandle. Mm. Well, how fast do you think that review board is going to be for their in their uh, threatening your career? Uh, well, I guess it depends on uh, how quickly they want to take up an issue like that. I think, Bob, the problem, well, I, th- I think it's going to be difficult to get everybody, maybe not to the table, but I think it's going to be very difficult to get everybody to agree to something. Well, Morgantown's ordinances, Dave, city ordinances, I will guarantee you will be the weakest of all and the ones they're, they're, they're least interested in enforcing. So, the other cities, the you know, Star City, Granville, everybody else, the county, everybody else is going to be on board. But I'll guarantee you that the roadblock, yeah. the biggest roadblock, is going to be the Morgantown City Council. Now, they they've, look at it from this perspective, okay? What are the what two things here are we you know come out today? The panhandling problem and the Narcan vending machine up at Hazel's Heap up there. Yep. Okay. Now. The enablement that we've started in this community is going to overpower uh, any efforts to try to bring it under control. Dave, the, the, the price of our compassion is going to be a bottomless pit, really. Bob, always appreciate the phone call, buddy. Take care, Dave. You too. 304 Talk, 304. The text line. Let me get some text here before I uh, hit the break. Dave Bloom is correct. We are oversaturated with panhandlers. They literally work in shifts. I'm a delivery driver. I see them daily. Police do nothing but drive by. That is that is absolutely true. There are there are panhandlers who do it as a profession, who have who are not homeless, who do have residences, 
and their their profession is panhandling. Sure. There's no zoning in Montague County. Pretty tough to implement a zoning ordinance for a county where the residents have voted out zoning. Zoning's got nothing to do with it. Um, there is a panhandling ordinance. I got it right here. Where'd it go? Right here. Montague County panhandling ordinance. And it lists prohibitions where you cannot panhandle. It sets penalties, which are all fines. Um, you have to have authorization. No more than two permits in a year. There's an ordinance for what it's worth. 304 Talk 304. Ooh, this is long. Dave, Morgantown City Council will never agree to a panhandling ordinance other than the one that they already have, which is a joke. A new law that would actually work would upset their bosses, the ACLU, too much. City government has no problem banning truck drivers from driving through their city or banning business owners with different political views from opening new stores downtown. City government also has no issue banning homeless people from loitering on government parking lots, which are outside of their office windows, Farmer's Market. However, when it comes to your everyday average homegrown West Virginian, we have to play Frogger with these folks on Grafton Road, Saberton, and several other intersections in town, all because the communist... All because the Communist Liberties Union says so, says the texter. 304 Talk 304. More of your comments next. We're talking about your town. Now back to the talk of the town. 304 Talk 304 is the text line. Been talking about panhandling this morning, panhandling ordinances. It's the same conversation th- 13 years ago. 13 years ago, one of the first things I covered here as a reporter for WAJR was the county commission's development of the panhandling ordinance and how do you enforce it? And, and how many times have we had a conversation on this show about how do you enforce it? We don't have debtors prison. So if the... If the penalty for panhandling without a permit or panhandling in an area where you're not supposed to be panhandling, if if the fine, if the penalty is a fine, is a ticket, so what? If I'm the panhandler, if I'm the homeless individual, and my only option for let's let's go full on compassionate scenario. I'm homeless, down on my luck, um, been chewed up, spit out by the system. My only option is to beg for money. I'm just going to laugh if you write me a ticket. So what? I can't pay it. So you're going to write me a ticket? All right, so how do you enforce it? And if I'm panhandling as a profession... Again, I'm not, I'm not going to pay the ticket. I'm not going to go get a permit from the sheriff's department either. So I understand. I, it's a conversation that needs to be had, and I'm glad Tom Bloom and the county commission is trying to think outside the box, at least get people to the table so you could have conversations about these topics, but... My question would is, are we enforcing what 
ordinances we have on the books currently, and I think it's going to be very difficult to get everyone on the same page as far as a uniform ordinance would go. But should still have a conversation. 304 Talk, 304. Uh, Dave, 10 tickets don't matter. That's what I just said. Uh, Dave, I have a plan to stop all the problems, not just in Morgantown, but nationwide. Vote Republican, says the texter. Dave, tell Tom to get ready for Morgantown City Council to put together a panhandling committee that'll cost $250,000 and basically say that the committee will appoint another committee to determine if a person is, in fact, panhandling. Newsflash, the city will never enforce anything. Dave, you did offend me, and I like Oreo cookies. Yeah, I think I, t- I, think I touched a nerve with uh, Joe Bro. I didn't mean to when I brought up the Martinsburg situation there. That may be a bit of an overblown story. That has nothing to do with anything here. 304 Talk, 304. Dave Wilson. I'm a staunch fiscal conservative and a libertarian on issues related to personal freedom. Having said that, I respect Democrat Tom Bloom because he seems like a JFK-style Democrat, not a modern far-left liberal. Uh, 304 Talk 304. Dave, 509.01G, but will the city back us? Probably not. Uh, Referring to uh, city code there. Well done. All right, that'll do it for me. Hoppy Kerchival's coming up next. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning, 9.06. Have a great day. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.